Welcome to the Bardic Body Podcast. The body tells a story if you know how to listen and to understand its language. As a therapist, I've listened to thousands of body stories and I've come to see common themes that are universally relevant. Unspoken, they remain hidden. Shared, they may heal the listener and the teller. These are our stories and they contain wisdom and point to a truth that rather than being a problem to solve, this body can teach us how to come home to ourselves. The content of this podcast is provided for information purposes only. It does not constitute expert medical advice. It should not be used as a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. If you have any concerns about your health, you should consult a healthcare professional. The use of any information on this podcast is solely at your own risk. Hi guys, I want to talk about the significance of freedom today. And it touches on a few concepts and topics that I need to introduce and then unpack. The way that this topic came into being or was prompted was through something I read and it might have been a reference to Brave New World or 1984 where, where someone might have said, oh, they'll try to control us with fear. And, and someone else said, no, they'll try and control us by suffering. And forgive me if that's the wrong reference, but the point being that it stuck with me because I didn't understand it. Um, and it was only when I was contemplating the importance of vision, of, vision of, of having a vision, that, that that statement about control by suffering made sense. I've been engaged in a creative practice ever since I'm probably about halfway through a what felt like a year long or a nine month lockdown where I felt creatively um, impotent. I was, I was too consumed, too tied up in the fear of what might happen. And it was fear more for me around human rights and and yes and i noticed my my ability to write songs and to practice in artistic activities seemed to be superseded and and uh, crowded out by by the reactivity that i was experiencing myself and it didn't feel useful I noticed that at the time I was navigating my way through 
certain debates and certain topics that that people shared various differing views on and I noticed a lot of and I was involved in a lot of arguments over who's right who's wrong and and I could see there was no progress being made in that in the approach of of this this um kind of gathering evidence to back up one's argument it just seemed like a redundant form of communication because ultimately i guess we're all trying to um create change through our point of view create influence steer steer the direction uh, in some some sense and i just felt it was just doing the opposite creating polarity creating um, opposite sides so I embarked upon a creative practice. It started with a 40-day challenge where I wrote a song every day, one song per day, and that was my uh, challenge. And when I say a song, it wasn't as that might sound impossible, but it was really just one um, a concept, a concept and maybe one line or a verse put to music it could have just been me singing those lyrics into into a microphone that constituted a song words melody concept and um that really got me going it got that creative muscle fired up and and i continued on with the music after the 40 days developing some of the songs that 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 came out of that challenge. I also started or continued or, or deepened into the visual art drawing. I've always liked drawing, but have struggled to find time for it and have been frustrated that my abilities have kind of plateaued or, or decreased, which made it harder over time to get excited about drawing. But I stuck with it for long enough that that my again that muscle started to get stronger and I started to feel a bit more excited about what I was able to produce it and it triggered something in me that something of a realization that visual art and the ability and the ability to create visual art was of utmost importance in this time. I've up till recent years, I've always thought of art, or even if I thought that art was um, more worthwhile, I couldn't really, at an actual doing level, couldn't justify or or will myself to make the time and space to to practice the, the, the actual craft. But something changed and I prioritized the practice of creativity um, using music and visual art. And that seemed to strengthen a resolve in me that, that this was really important. 
And then this comment came that I mentioned, this control by suffering. And, and it seemed to be juxtaposed to vision. And I thought, why is that? And I thought, well, how do you act when you have a vision? You are very clear about where you want to go and where you don't want to go. And whereas I think with suffering, the, the picture I have is, I've, I've, and the lockdowns have been a good example of this, when in, in this, this uncertainty, a certain knee-jerk reaction is to, main, uh, to mitigate loss, to maintain what I have, and go into a kind of a inner lockdown where I, that's interesting, where I, um, I basically go into a paralysis to, to mitigate any further loss. And so, so that's, there's an absence of vision in my thinking in that approach. Because a vision enables you to sacrifice what you have in order to get to where you want to go if, if that's one you know it's creating is not always about where you want to go it can be what where you want to create where you are but if i can just use that analogy of going somewhere because it's useful because when I'm heading towards a vision, when I'm going somewhere, someone can propose uh, some kind of restriction on me that 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 creates that that restricts me. In in a uh, in the suffering context, I can I can meet I can. Damage control. I can lock down and mitigate potential losses and, and withstand the hardship until uh, hoping that it will pass. With, with vision, you can clearly see whether something is is trying to take you in one direction or another and if and if you're wanting to go in the other direction you can you make the decision of how you're going to respond to that um, infringement upon your, upon yourself upon your freedoms from the point of view of where you want to go it's a clear fork in the road is, is kind of my point when when I'm just um, when I'm just surviving and, and trying to limit my losses I'm kind of being dragged along and and I can be incrementally over time manipulated because there's the way I thought about it is that there's a a fight against time. I'm trying to withstand the pull of time that has an inevitability about it. That's like saving toilet paper. You know, the, the inevitability is that I'll run out eventually, but if I have enough, I can 
outlasted. And so, so there's, there's a race of battle against time. Where there's vision, there's, there's, time is not the same. It's not, a, it's not a matter of when, it's a matter of where. And so, and so you don't sort of go down the wrong path and say, oh, well, at a certain point, I'll turn back after a certain amount of time. You, you, you say, well, I don't want to go that way. And that, that way is, is, is the, is the, the failure of, of, of this vision. So I, if I want this vision, I have to go this other way. And, and here's where the road is forking right here. And then I choose. And I found I found that that distinction really interesting because because in my mind it was like how how long how long do I put up with this and and I noticed that there's just these incremental things where it's like you know the old analogy about boiling a frog you can stick it in cold water and put it put the pot over the the stove and then warm the water up slowly and the frog never notices the the water's getting warmer it's incremental um but if a frog had vision about wanting to go to a pond it, it's not a matter of when do i jump out of here will i jump out when it's 50 degrees off no it's just like this isn't my vision i'm i'm out of here and when uh, you know inside of that controlled by suffering the 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 controller says well i will in, inflict more suffering on you by by more uh, deprivation, for example. And again, inside of um, suffering, I'll, I'll try and limit the, that deprivation by, by acquiescing. Uh, inside of vision, I will, I will sacrifice um, the dis the discomfort i'll make the sacrifice of the discomfort and the the loss in this moment for a for a greater value down the line and and sacrifice comes from the same word as sacred and so i'm i'm dedicating that loss i'm not just i'm not just in the experience of loss i've actually i've actually um dedicated that loss to affirm and strengthen my intent i think that's so important the the another interesting thing about this is that um you know what is vision and where does it come from well it's I don't know if you can just, I think vision is something that you've got to practice and that's, that's my belief and that's what I'm basing my actions on to do a creative practice where I'm, I'm starting to, um, I'm illustrating the, the song um, covers for my, for my songs that I'm releasing. So I'm making basically album covers. I'm starting to do the illustrations for these podcasts. And these are just ways of, of me um, having a subject matter that I, that I then uh, have to think, what, what is 
what is the, a vision, a visual of this that's representative, that, that enhances it. And I, and I create this puzzle for myself. And I, I work a muscle, I work a creative muscle. And as, as, my, as that muscle strengthens, my ability in, increases and then my visioning expands. And the way I explain this is, is y your tools determine, or, or I should say your skill with your tools determines the parameters of, of what's possible. I'll give you an example. If I said to you, where are you going to go for the weekend? And, and your, the, the tools of travel that you have are a bicycle. And so you think, oh, well, I thought I'd go down to the local park and, and, and throw the frisbee. If, if you had a car, your response might be a bit different. And you might say, oh, well, I, I thought I might drive, um, you know, an hour or two away to this, to this place, climb a mountain or something like that. And, and that knowing in the back of your mind that you have this car um, takes your parameters out. And then if I handed you uh, some plane tickets and said, well, you, here's a prize, you can go anywhere. Now your parameters go out to, wow, it could be um, Machu Picchu in, in South America, or it could be Hawaii, or it, it could be, um, you know, the Himalayas. It, so so the, the, the vehicle that I have at hand is going to determine the extent of the vision that I have. So, so as I'm, as I'm practicing, it's like I'm moving from bicycle to car to whatever. And I'm, you know, the visions are starting to occur differently in my mind's eye. So, and I think that's exciting. And, and so coming back to this, uh, this question of suffering being a, a kind of a deprivation and a limitation on freedom, then, then then the antidote would be, in, in my line of thinking, would be uh, the opposite, to, to, to enter into freedom. And it feels like our, our access to that is, is, is our freedom to, to vision, to think of what, what, what's possible. And, and then to have the means to act on it, of course which is part of the, what's possible. The, now I think it's in, uh, good to make a distinction at this point because I want to um, reference back to something I read years ago when I read a book called The Path of Least Resistance. And it talked about the creative act as distinct from problem solving. Now, yeah, sure, you can be creative with problem solving, and it's it's a little bit like, oh well, you know, I've I've got this wall in my house, and it looks a bit empty. And every time I look at it, I think, oh gee, that's 
that's boring. And so, so I could say, oh, well, so, so I did a painting and I stuck it there. And I guess the question is, what was the, what was the creative impulse? Was it to, to, to disappear the problem of the blank wall? Or was it, or was the impulse that something that came out of freedom? And this book makes the argument, and I, I'm inclined to agree that that a, a creative act comes out of freedom. One way to think about that is is who determined that I do the painting, and and. And in that example, well, it was the blank wall determined that I do the painting. So that I wasn't free. That was a reaction to something. It, it's not wrong, but I'm just just pointing out that the the motivation was an external one. And you could say the same for things that that create discomfort in me, things that create pain in me that that are from external. It might be like, um, you know, I'm getting a lot of pressure from someone to to do what they want and so the minute I the minute I say okay how can I um, re relieve this pressure I'm now I'm now bound to the source of that pressure so I'm not free so that's that's distinct from the idea of what I'm talking about as a creative act where where the impulse emerges out of freedom and it's like dancing right it's you you don't dance to get to the end of the song. It's like if someone says, "Why are you dancing?" You 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 have to say, "Well, you you." If you have to ask, maybe you've never had that impulse to just dance because because dancing is is in and of itself the reason to dance. And I think creativity is like that. And so being like that. It is, I'd call it a singular movement, and it's, in my opinion, related to will. Because what I'm coming to see is that a will movement is also singular. And this is where I want to point out another distinction between... When I'm working with the will meditation, I, I'm describing that that we're in the process of digesting down a, 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 a duality where we've got two opposing forces fighting each other. And the digestive process is bringing these two forces down to their fundamental values and then I make a value call when I understand what's at the basis of these two different forces. And what I end up with is in one hand, sand and in the other hand food and if i'm hungry i write i arrive at a singularity because the, there is no choice anymore when you're hungry and you're holding sand in one hand and food in the other obviously it's the food i was going to say you choose the food but it's not a choice you, a choice means there's one or the other you, the sand's not an option so so it's so will is this singular this space of singularity where, where opp opposition ceases to exist and you move towards the, the choiceless choice. 
you walk the path in other words because you can't walk two paths there's a singular path and you walk it and you know people go oh i i thought will will was you know to really um something else and 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 it's what i would call will willfulness you know uh, like a child is willfulness and it's funny when you see a child being willful uh often a toddler the terrible twos you'll you'll see the mother or father um put them down and the, and the child will run off but you can see that the, the you can see actually because a child that's kind of does this arc um it's not actually running towards anywhere in particular it's running away from the parents so it's it's being willful in that it's resisting um, um resisting this thing over time um and it's a matter of when will the parents grab me and and um, make me stay put so yeah will willfulness you know it's with semantics really i mean same word but you know what i'm calling willfulness is is a sort of a um a resistance whereas i think will is a, an act uh one essential com component of creativity so then so we say that freedom really then is freedom from choice because if freedom's coming out of a singularity i've dissolved the choices down into a, a value judgment and then and then the the choice is self-determined so where am i going with this now so I guess to wrap this up, I'd like to propose a couple of things. One is one is to check in with yourself as to as to what is the vision for your life. And if you don't have a vision, I would say, well, that's, that's the place to start. Because it's, I can't say to you, well, we'll create a vision because it's, 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 um, visions like a verb, really. It, we have to work the muscle and get better at it. So, so if I could convince you of the importance of having a vision as a, a pathway to freedom as as an alternative to a pathway of suffering because because if there is no vision then then the chances are you're probably um part of someone else's vision for you and that's going to be a a losing battle of of um incremental compromises over time that have you ending up somewhere that you didn't choose and you're not sure how you got there 
and and you potentially lost a lot along the way because you were holding on to what you had rather than rather than saying well should I sacrifice it but you can only sacrifice to a to a a, a, a vision you know I was talking with a friend and he, he put it as a religious impulse and I was like oh it sounds like the visions are a, a similar thing I I we could go into the differences but for this for this purposes of this the point being that yeah you can you can only sacrifice if it's to something higher something beyond otherwise it's just loss isn't it and, and if it's just loss, then you'll probably choose not loss. So if there is no vision, I think the place to start is to work on ways to develop that vision. I, I, think, um, I think the combination of words and images is great. Be, um, something that's quite accessible to everyone, and I'm using this, is, is um, you know, affirmations, things that... You know, when you hear something, you're like, oh, I've got to remember that. And and what I'm trying to get towards is where I write it down and I put it on the wall. If you do that, good on you. The next thing is is embellish it. There's this, um, this type of artwork called illumination art. It's, it comes from, well, I don't know where it comes from, but it's famously applied to um, ancient um, Christian texts. The Book of Kells, the Book of Celts, Book of Kells, I think, uh, is an example uh, where where you know the first letter of the of the page might might be the word might be kindly. So the first letter is K, and and the K will be embellished with with uh, roses and vines and birds flying off, and and it's framed inside a gold gilded sort of um, you know frame, this sort of thing. You probably know what I mean. Uh, that's a, a good starting spot, you know, or just, um, <clears throat> you know, T-shirt design, that sort of thing where you get this punchy pop art sort of thing where you um, where you have a sentence and you, or, you know, a couple of words and you, you illustrate it. Uh, or you play with the letters themselves and, and just ha- have a play because um, you might be surprised that that, over time, it's it's not actually the practice is not actually when you're drawing as much as the space in between. It's like when you do something, and you know the chances are you'll do something, you'll go, well, that sucks. That is is um, grist for the mill. That is wood for the fire because if if it matters enough, or um, then then it sits with you and. And there's an internal movement, and the next time you go go to do it, um, it might be a little bit better. And I my strategy is to oh, how can I say this? My strategy is not to see each piece of art as as the end of a process. That's like maybe there's ten steps to get there, and that first time I put pencil to paper that's step one and I put the pen down it didn't work the next time I might go well I've, I've got another idea now I'll try that or I might have another three and I might pencil out three and I'm like oh, yeah, maybe that one's got some potential I'm still unsatisfied step two 
Step three, I go, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with that idea. And you do something, you're like, ooh, okay, it's not quite right, but I can see there's something there. And then you sleep on that. And the mind is working constantly at this, internally changing you. And, and the point is that, that your creative practice ends up not being about you creating art. It's about art creating you. And I think, I think this is another thing that, that we have to be uh, willing to sacrifice ourselves, willing to um, um, aim for the vision and know that we'll be, we'll need, we'll be required to be someone different in order to get there. That's, that's the basic uh, hero's journey principle that, that I, at the start of the journey, I'm not who I who I need to be to accomplish the goal and, and that I become that as the journey goes. And, and when I reach the dragon, because of the hardships and challenges and sacrifices that I've made to get there, I'm now the person I need to be to conquer the dragon. So getting a vision, if, if I, if I don't know what that means, practicing the, the, the creative muscle, getting it stronger until vision starts to happen. And it does, I, I really does. It's I I'm just at the early stages of it. I've I've been there before because I used to draw a lot when I was younger, but I've lost it and I've and I've felt something's missing and this feels like what it is. It's like, oh I've I lost the ability to vision and to to steer, chart my course. And and that God, that's so big. That is not that is not about art being a a luxury or an indulgence or a privilege. It's like essential. Particularly when these there's forces that are wanting to funnel us down into certain things for their for their end going end game. Uh, there's no freedom in that. I think there's a lot of suffering if if we don't reclaim vision you know how, how long has it been since there's been vision in politics and uh, vision around environment i mean you know a symptom of that is it's all this talk about extinction what about thriving you know that that's that's the difference that's the qualitative difference when when someone is speaking into a vision you can tell and uh, then you know when when that vision starts to emerge then I think we start to see forks in the road where where and I want to make a distinction because I used to think oh I need a line in the sand you know when someone says oh we, we want you to do this and I'm like no there's no way I'm doing that but what I'm finding is it's it's like boiling the frog it's like well what about just this little bit and I'm like oh I guess that's okay I can live with that well okay now what about this little bit this little bit this little bit over time, you give a finger, they take the hand. Um, you know, a line in the sand is different from a fork in the road because, you know, if I want to go left and they're saying, well, how about just a meter to the right? And you're like, well, no, because the fork's here. That meter takes me a meter beyond the fork and that's pointless. It stops here because I'm going that way. Thank you for your invitation, but I'm going that way towards my vision. 
that's how it feels to me. It feels powerful. I feel passionate about it. Um, I hope this is of some way uh, of value to you, dear listener. If you're listening, thank you. Thanks for listening. May, uh, may you apply anything of value to your life and may it provide some benefit. Thanks for listening. Well, that's it for this episode of the Bardic Body Podcast. I look forward to catching you next time. Till then, be well.